where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 25, Strange Bedfellows, Part 2. Oh, James is heating up. We've already reviewed Part 1. If you haven't listened to it, go back to last week and, and catch up. So this episode originally aired on the 8th of May, 1986, and was written by David Angel, directed by James Burroughs. And I've got to say, James, I'll do a little bit of a catch up. So there's been some political hijinks within the bar. Sam's uh, started a new relationship and what I'd call a very healthy relationship with a now elected or re-elected politician called Janet Aldridge, which uh, sets Diane into a little bit of a spiral of mixed emotions of sort of a little bit of regret of maybe losing Sam, a little bit of suspicion towards Janet and her intentions with Sam, and overall just a kind of, uh, what would you call it? Jealous slump? There's a sort of amount of distrust in the Cheers staff, isn't there? Not the, yeah. not the show, the bar. We mentioned as well how uh, Sam's been rapidly changing, really, throughout part one and now part two, where he's becoming a bit more of a high-flying socialite. We get a perfect example of this within the cold open, really, where uh, Sam comes into the bar and he says, I'm sorry I'm late. You'll never guess who was at Janet's house last night. And Diane kind of recalls how Sam's just name dropping all the time. Sam, you dropped something. Oh, it's names. <laughs> he swapped his little black book for like a proper phone book of uh, the elites of Boston area now. Ooh, check it out, Sam, with your fancy, <laughs> fancy name book. And in retaliation to this, Diane sort of leaves because she can't stand to hear him talk any more about all of it and goes into the back room where one of Sam's now close friends and trivial pursuit partners yes. <laughs> arrives at the bar. And it's Gary Hart. Who? Senator Gary Hart. I'll go into a little bit of trivia about Gary Hart. And he played himself. This was a real person. He was a US senator from Colorado from 75 to 87. He was a co-sponsor of the 1984 Semiconductor Chip Protection Act and was the 1988 Democratic presidential nomination before dropping out of the race. These events are portrayed in the movie The Front Runner, where he is played by Hugh Jackman. He was also the US Special Envoy to Northern Ireland from 2014 to 2017. Other guest cast members in this episode are Kate Mulgrew as Janet Eldridge, giving another fantastic performance. Max Wright as Jim Fleener, who's a bit down in the dumps after losing the election to Janet Eldridge. And Kelsey Grammer as Dr. Fraser Crane, who needs no further information. You know who he is by now. What we do get is a, a lovely little back and forth with Gary Hart, who I think is described as could have been president, still could be president. And Norm says to him, uh, want to buy me a beer? As a kind of a half joke, half, please buy me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've done this move before a few times. Uh, works half the time. It's the Jedi mind tricks of Norm. Yeah, you will buy me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> And as he's leaving, Diane comes back into the room and catches him in, like, her eyeline and freaks out. Oh, my God, it's Gary Hart. Did you see Gary Hart? I saw Gary Hart. Senator Gary Hart. Could have been President Gary Hart. Could still be President Gary Hart. It was Gary Hart. It was Gary Hart. I was just showing you how silly it looks. Please. Don't do it again. Yeah, and it name dropping is a silly thing to do. And I think it's quite a nice little cold open. Like I said, it establishes Sam as now taken more of a sort of socialite kind of role. He's become very much part of Janet's PR stance. But also, we have 
kind of established, at least according to Janet, and it depends how good a performance Janet's putting into Cheers in terms of whether she's trying to mislead them or not. But we think there's genuine affection there and genuine desire and want to be in a relationship beyond just the PR. Yeah, I think there definitely is. And I, I agree with that as well. And that's something that she said at the end of the last episode and carries through into this, really. For her, it is very much a, a real relationship. And for Sam, it is. But it is kind of that power couple dynamic. And before we delve into that and how it plays out through this episode, let's talk a bit about Jim. Jim and Frasier. The ballad of Frasier and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I like this scene. The two of them are at the bar, uh, kind of uh, sulking in their own misery. Ooh, that does not sound pleasant. Well, it sounds like the ending of Carrie, John. <laughs> if I was going to get them a drink, I'd get them bitters. You with your wordplay. Because <laughs> they're, they're both just sort of, well, I suppose Jim's wallowing a bit more than Fraser is. Fraser's saying, look on the bright side. What was good about your campaign kind of thing? Yeah. And Jim goes, Diane. And Fraser's like, well, well, Jim, that, that might be true. But, you know, the operation. And I'm just like, Fraser, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, this is probably one of the um, one of the weirder parts of it. One of the weirder parts, and one of the parts which hasn't aged as well. <laughs> no. Essentially, Frasier is telling Jim that Diane underwent a sex change operation. Do you know what, though? Say, saying that, I don't think it's... It hasn't aged terribly, because I don't think the reaction is uh, that bad to it. Jim doesn't appear to be... Yeah, they're not critical of Diane as a character. I think it's more it as a kind of social attitude. But yeah, Jim is just going, well, they did a fantastic job and I'm so proud of you, almost. You know, he admires her for going through an operation, which is quite progressive at the time. What a courageous person you are. Yeah, but then he also goes, but now that you say it, I do notice it. There is quite a, a nice sort of exchange where Diane says, Fraser, have you been telling people I've had a sex change operation again? And Fraser's response is, no, he guessed. <laughs> I said I'd, I'd get them bitters because Fraser's definitely still bitter. Last episode, he talked about how it's been a year anniversary since Diane left him at the altar. He's definitely not over it. It's interesting how their storyline develops. Do you think there's a future for uh, Diane and Fraser? Well, it's interesting because as this storyline develops, it becomes apparent that Diane is jealous of Janet, not just because she's concerned for Sam, but because she feels like she's ripping Sam away from her. Mm -hmm. And there's a lovely conversation between her and Frasier where they almost console each other for losing the person they were in love with, mm -hmm. which is quite endearing, bittersweet as well, because Frasier is basically confessing to Diane that he still loves her, but has to just live with hope more than anything, as opposed to trying to force or encourage something to happen. Yeah. Hope's thing. And she apologises for jilting him, which leads to a great exchange where Frasier asks for some recompense. I wish there was some way I could make you forgive me. Marry me, bury my children, let me die in your arms. Which is a lovely way to... I suppose, close off what has been Frasier's storyline for this season. Quite a traumatic storyline, really. Quite a traumatic storyline, uh, but and it works as quite a bittersweet conclusion for it. And I don't know how they could have done it any other way, really, because we wanted Frasier to continue to be part of the gang here at Cheers. Hopefully, he getting him back together with Diane would have cheapened the previous season finale, I feel, and uh, lessened its impact. So I think this bittersweet conclusion was the only way that they could have done it. And it opens an opportunity moving forward, I guess. Yes, 
in the same way that Sam's relationship with Janet could. And as we move into talking about that relationship, we have to talk about uh, the amount of time Sam's been wearing a tuxedo lately, which is described as the old monkey suit. Indeed, yes. He's been putting a lot of hours into the old monkey suit recently. It's something you've alluded to earlier in this, where he's now in a new role in society. And as a result, Janet is unsure about how Sam feels about Diane, because he's got one foot in each camp, basically. And I think uh, something which is quite notable to point out is with Sam's sort of transition, it feels like one of the only things which is still keeping him in the everyman kind of state is Diane. And uh, we talked about his old monkey suit, uh, the tuxedo. Diane quite jokingly says, aren't we a grumpy primate? And things like that. And I think despite this change, she's the person who's kind of keeping a little bit grounded, maybe even tied to the bar as well. It's something which I think, especially off the back of the conversation Diane had with Janet in the last episode where Diane outlined her suspicions towards Janet. Now Janet's kind of got suspicions on Diane. We'll get into it a bit later on, but Janet becomes a, a bit more kind of a little bit ruthless and a little bit manipulative. But we'll get into that, I think. But Vera, her sister or norm's sister-in-law has been visiting donna quite the crisis in the peterson uh, house she insists on prancing around the house wearing next to nothing she's always uh, exercising in front of me and you know skimpy little leotards and stuff it's, she'll shower with the door half open you know right in front of me the weirdest thing is cliff seems to be uh, <laughs> reveling in this story and offers an insight as an expert opinion do you know what he says she needs some acuclavin. Yeah. That's, it's gross, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You need a hose for Cliff. Just down. <laughs> That's Norm's story. Norm is at Cheers avoiding his house, although he needed another reason, because his sister-in-law is acting as a sort of temptress, according to him, which gives a great quote. Just you and the siren. Hey, Mr. Peterson, maybe you can use that siren thing to scare off your sister-in-law. I suppose we can go back to Janet's scheme. Yeah, so they're closing up the bar for the night. Sam hasn't been working, and he's left Woody in charge with Carla and Diane serving as well. Carla leaves Diane to lock up. Diane's in the back room, Carla's in the, the front, just sort of shouting all the things that Diane needs to remember, and then leaves. Sam comes in with Janet, and they think that the bar is empty. Yeah, uh, they came in to leave like a receipt or a check for the beer delivery guy because Sam thinks Woody would have forgot to do it and Woody did forget to do it. So Sam's just leaving that out. And Diane has to hide where she's in front view of the camera. But Janet and Sam can't see her because she hides below the bar. All this time you thought Cliff was a spy? Wow. <laughs> it's Diane all along. This is where information is revealed. Information is spilled, which is what you don't want in a bar. <laughs> Sam reveals to Janet that... Sam's longest relationship was with Diane. And he's like, oh, can you believe that Janet? And Janet goes, yes, yes, that's very plausible. And encourages Sam to fire Diane, which, as you said, is quite manipulative. But she makes valid points, which if we weren't wondering as an audience before, we were now, which is why is Diane staying at Cheers when Diane has much larger career aspirations, much larger societal aspirations? And Janet points out to Sam that he might be restricting that by keeping her on and they need to you know, push the bird out of the nest, so to speak. It's quite a strange thing because what, what she does say, it, it's obviously a very calculated thing that she's saying. 
And it makes sense in a way, but it's not her decision to make. It's not even Sam's decision to make, really. It's very sort of manipulative. But I think something which is quite interesting is, in the end, after saying all of these sort of manipulative ways of trying to get Sam to fire her, I think in the end she just says... I'm not comfortable with her working here. Yes. And again, this exposed her vulnerability, her insecurity to show she is fallible, to show she isn't just a arch nemesis, this higher power pulling the puppet strings on all of these Cheers main players. She is a person. And she says this herself. This trilogy is, to me, very interesting how it plays with those things. And I don't know about you, but what you've said in terms of how Sam is growing, watching these two episodes, I was like, ooh, I don't know who I'm supporting, Diane or Janet. They both have their benefits of being with Sam, but also their pitfalls. It's a hard choice to make as to who to support. But I think one of the things which kind of does happen is overhearing this the night before, Diane comes in prepared to be fired and kind of wants to take the power back and quit. And Sam's quite anxiously waiting in his office psyching himself up for it because it's something he doesn't actually want to do and he's kind of pre-preparing his lines a little bit and when diane comes in she's got a very long resignation letter yeah 14 pages with some graphs or something on it it's better than being in french or latin is what a previous resignation letter was no it develops into a little bit of an argument a spat would you say yeah which ultimately uh diane says that Everyone always makes things easy for Sam. Originally, it's, uh, you know, I resign and Sam's like, all right, great. And she goes, actually, no, everyone always makes things easy for Sam. For once, we're going to make it difficult. I don't think you have the guts to fire me, Sam. And Sam called her bluff and fired her. She was like, well, too late. I resign. That's (laughs) what the spat is about. Diane gives a very ceremonious speech as she's leaving cheers, perhaps for the final time. Who knows? For the last time... Again. Attention, everyone. May I have your attention, please? I have resigned. I know this comes as a shock, but I've decided that I no longer fit into the scheme of things around here. I go willingly with a gladful heart, for it has been my pleasure to serve you and my privilege to know you, lo, these many years. I shall miss you all, but weep no tears for Diane Chambers. She's tougher than you think. She's going to be okay, you bet she is. So, this is goodbye. For there's one thing I know, you will never ever see me again. I've heard this speech before. To which Carla kind of undermines when Diane tries to retrieve her coat from the coat rack but doesn't want to re-enter Cheers and Carla slowly moves the coat rack away from Diane until Diane has to enter Cheers again. And Carla says in a typical Carla, salty yet mischievous way hey look everyone it's diane (laughs) and one end to an episode do you know what though i I, what i quite liked in this was it almost felt like a little bit of a nod to that cliffhanger of season three and how when season four started diane was back straight away it felt a little bit kind of like that a little sort of self-commentary on that this the trivia bell james means one thing and one thing only it means we got some lovely trivia questions to ask each other do you want to kick it off Diane bought a new dress for her cancelled date with a man called Gregor, but how much did this dress cost? $312. It got it correct, even the unit of currency. Good job. Yeah, I nearly said pound. (laughs) (laughs) 
In this episode, I said that uh, I would get Fraser and Jim some bitters, but what is their drink of choice? What do they order? Scotch, is it not? Yeah, scotch on the rocks, followed by a lovely comment from Woody who goes, Oh, you're the guy who Janet beat. Fraser does like a little no, and he goes, Oh, no, you just look like him. That guy got beat so bad. <laughs> you just see Jim drown his sorrows into a scotch on the rocks. You've stated some of these before, but what are examples of Donna's behaviour? Oh, I don't um, Dancing around the apartment. She prances around the house wearing next to nothing exercises in skimpy little leotards, and one more. I don't know, James. She showers with the door half open, which I would think just close the door. If you're that bothered, no one, just done. Go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, we've talked a little bit how um, there's still that kind of continuous unrequited love from Fraser to Diane. What are some of the things that he does which are maybe a little bit out of the ordinary that suggest that he might still have feelings for her? Tells people that she underwent a sex operation? Is that one you're referring to? That was one of them. There was another one which uh, we haven't discussed yet. Oh, I don't remember. When Diana said that she was going to leave Cheers and was quitting, Fraser immediately said that she could come and work for him as a receptionist and said he was going to fire his current receptionist who had been working with his family for 20 years because he found a typo the other day, so she's history. That ties in nicely to my question. What is the name of Fraser's receptionist? Uh, Mrs. McGrady. But she's history now, so... Uh, Bye-bye, Mrs. McGrady. What can you do? What solution does Diane suggest for Fraser to forgive her? Oh, I don't know. Shoot her out of a cannon. She will make him fudge. That's nice. Diane makes good fudge. She'll make some for Fraser. Which, jilting apology fudge, is that a thing? (laughs) It is now. I would have asked for more, Fraser. Well, he did ask for more, I think. He, he asked, um, well, she could marry him, she could bear his children, or she could let him die in her arms. That's what he asked for. And he settled for fudge? <laughs> yeah. Don't send them in for negotiations. Meet in the middle, Fraser. Whatever the middle is. <laughs> An eternity together and fudge. Whatever the middle of that is. <laughs> Two fudge? <laughs> what are you thinking for a drink? Because I'm thinking there's either the option of fudge now, or... We could go for uh, the Scotch on the Rocks in order of the Wimford Gym. I I want fudge. I want to try this fudge that Diane speaks of. Yeah, let's see if it's as good as you think it is, Diane, to make up for <laughs> all your nonsense. As Diane leaves and leaves us a lovely platter of fudge, I'm going to say, what should we toast to? I think it's a good question because there's a lot of uh, tension in this episode. It's all very tense. I don't know. No good news from this episode. I suppose that's the thing with a two-parter or a three-parter, James. We're left in a limbo phase where we don't know what to toast. In a time of uncertainty, as we were stuck between part two and part three, one thing that is certain, James, we can toast the future because we've got the next episode, the finale. We're going to be doing it next week. I'd say tune in for it because it's going to be a big one. So for this episode, let's toast the future, James. As we are fudge and round off this episode, what are some of the big cliffhangers that you're hoping to be resolved next week? Story with Norm and Donna. Interested to see how that resolves. I'm uh, interested to see whether Janet is content now that Diane has left Cheers. I would like to see how this affects the patrons in Cheers, what Diane's departure impacts on. Basically, there's a lot of things. We've said this about a few episodes in these later things where if they cut it off now, could work as an ending of sorts for Cheers as a series if they were to leave it open-ended, which would be mysterious, but not unheard of. 
So we'll see. I tell you what, James, I'd summarize as a, a will they, won't they, Janet and Sam. A will they, won't they, Diane and Sam. A will nobody, everybody. <laughs> will they, won't they, Norm and Donna. There's a lot a of... Will they, won't they, Cliff and Donna. Boston single bars, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what we can say James is uh, thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name be sure to tune in next week where we review the final part in this three part structure and also the end of season four Strange Bedfellows part three we look forward to it thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name a cheers podcast cheers podcast